Good morning, Rabbi Isai. Good morning, Rabbi Isai. Ah! Welcome, all the guests. So, first of all, Shalom Aleichem. What's your name, Tadik? Talman Hellman. Talman Hellman from Chicago. Been with us since you vomit. Since you vomit. First time I ever met you. Wow. This is And your children, what are their names? Are you the who does the daf and? Nissen. Nissen. Aleichem. And what's your name again? David Lowenstein. David Lowe, Shalom Aleichem, welcome, all the way from what, Baltimore or? Detroit. Detroit, Detroit. All right. So, uh, Bezer Hashem, the, the shir is L'schus, uh, all those who were injured during the war, all the chayalim, all the hostages, they should return home safely, all the family members of hostages, of chayalim, of niftarim, they should have an achama, they should being good state of mind. Uh, we'll just read a few emails and then we'll get going. Dear Belly, I came to MDY Shabbos three weeks ago because I needed some chizuk in my life. This is a person who wasn't part of MDY. As I was going through some personal family tragedy. And boy, oh boy, did I get chizuk. Firstly, people were asking me, if you're not MDY, why are you going? Are you going to feel awkward? The answer is no. Everywhere I turned, people were just so nice. By the time I left on Sunday, I was signed up. And here we are, 21 days later, having Mr. Daff with you. Just needed to get a piece of the rack. Currently, the head counselor for the Zone Camp, a.k.a. Ura's Boy Division. Ura put out this song attached called, Could I to listen to? Left tons of Anna. Maybe even play for 30, 45 seconds during this year. People will love it. All the best. Someone you inspired big time. Yaakov Levitin. Let me see if I can play it here. I don't know if you'll hear it. Here we go. You know the song? Okay. Beautiful. <coughs> Hi, Biber. Hey, <clears throat> hey. That's how he starts off. Hey, I'm 14 years old and I started to do the daf by Soita. I'm a ninth grade in Yeshiva Darchitoro. Yes, Darchitoro. I was in New York and they asked me to speak in Darchitoro and I love Darchitoro. That's, you know, I went there for a bunch of years when I was a kid. And it just, it's very difficult for me to, to leave and go speak. It takes, but I did speak yesterday at Shari Adirim. It's a very chash of yeshiva, and uh, it's here in Chicago. So not, not a chas shalom, something about Architaira, but Shari Deer is a, is a gibbalican place. We're learning to Ksubis. It's a voluntary shir to try to finish it. We just finished the third parak. In the third parak, there's a big sugi of Kim Levi the Rabbine. Today's dive has to do with it. I hope the Elam of the knows the song, Kim Levi the Rabbine. Furthermore, at the end of the third parag, like the last blood and a half, it has to do with the Baba Kama. I knew it because of Rebbe. I'm thanking Rebbe on how much Rebbe taught me and showing everyone how Gishmak it is to do Daf and how much it affects your daily life. Thank you, Aaron Biber. Again, Chazrin Chatsi Shas for Biyaman Early Hashem Yinkim Domai. I took a few blood in the Sechta Shabbos in the Schos of a college Biyaman Early Hashem Yinkim Domai. 
I just got off the daft Utes, and at the 27th minute mark, you were introduced for the first time to the idea to have a cruise ship for the Sima Shas. I have to admit, when I first started with MDY and heard the idea of the cruise ship, for the Sima, I thought it was a very far-fetched. But after the Shabbaton, I'm not sure if one cruise ship is going to be enough. So a number of things. First of all, what happened was, somebody says a joke, I think, the cruise ship. I'm like, you know, we're during COVID, and things are not looking good. Let's just, you know, make it schmack. We'll talk about a cruise ship. I said, it's, it's not going to happen. But then, as time goes along, people keep on saying, hey, what about the cruise ship? Now, what's very interesting is that when I go to different places, I ask people, so, since when do you do the daf? So they like to tell me since brachas. I said, with me? Yeah, yeah, since brachas. Because the rule is that in order to go on the cruise, you have to be at least like Shabbos, brachas time. So a lot of people suddenly became, where were you the last three years? No, 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 I've been here. Like, tzaddik. But he, he didn't say brachas. He said, yivamas. Right, yivamas? Unbelievable. And you're going to keep on coming here. We need, we need people like you. Life's your room. All right. What else do we have here? So let me just go back and say the uh, sponsors, the Masechta, the sponsor for the unity of Am Yisrael, Parakeets of the Regal. Sad, very sad story. Table six. Be'ez Hashem won't be sad. This boy will have a refuah. For Naftali ben Chana, who was in a skiing accident almost two years ago and is paralyzed from his waist down, Rabbi Chaim said we should learn Parakeets of the Regal for him. Worldwide. And let me just make this a little bit so that Yosef doesn't kill me. Okay, here we go. Pinchas. The art is sponsored. So two things. First of all, if you haven't done so, I think only half of what we wanted to accomplish in terms of half a shas was taken. There's many more dapim. It's very, very easy. You go on, you just listen to the shir while you're doing something else and you put it on 1.7 speed. It's 30 minutes. You skip the emails, whatever. The other thing is we're still looking for sponsors for volume two above a camo. You can go to sponsormdy.com. Uh, any amount is appreciated. All right. So I have a very simple Shiloh. If somebody has a, a dangerous dog, let's say, has a pit bull, and the pit bull, Lainu, kills somebody. It's my situation here in America. People get killed all the time from pit bulls and, and dogs like that. Halachically speaking, what do you do to the dog? Killed, probably. Yeah, Torah talks about a bull. Torah talks about a bull. Is there enough community between a bull and a, and a dog? Okay. Well, you're right. We'll see that a little later on. I don't know if people correlate. They say, yeah, the Torah says kill a bull. I don't know if they... Put one one together. There is no difference between a bull and a dog and a snake and a dangerous any animal and an animal that kills a person, a bird, a parrot that kills a person, it has to be put to death. If we had based on and everything else, so 
We're in the middle of a sugya. Well, that's that. Yeah. That's the song. We're in the middle of a sugya of Eishu Mishum Chitzoi or Eishu Mishum Amoinai. Is fire. You lit a fire and went out and caused damage. What happened here? Is it your, is it your force, your personal force that caused it? Or it's like your dog that went out and, and caused damage. It's like your bull that went out and caused damage. And we saw a different enough community yesterday. What if the fire is not yours? You took fire from somebody and did it. So if it's your mama and it's your dog, it's not your dog. If it's your fire, if your fire is your force, it's your force. It doesn't matter where it started from. I'm going to say some interesting things today. So we're holding the Avchav Beis on the Beis, Agut Nerev Shabbos, or Motzi Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael. Five lines from the bottom of Chav Beis on the Beis. Omar Rava, Kro Mas Nisa, Nisayel El Rabbi Yechonon. Yechonon is the one that says, Eishim Shum that fire Yechai because of, it's your force. It seems like the Pasuk corroborates with Rabbi Yechonon. Why? Because it says, so first of all, Kro Umasnisa. I have two rises, Rava, a Pasuk and a Braisa. Kro Dechsev, Kiseitze Eish. So let's see this Pasuk for a second. Kiseitze Eish, what's a Kaitzim? A fire will go out. That's a lotion of human intervention or not human intervention? No human intervention. Kiseitze Eish. It goes on its own. It destroys on its own. It has a mind of its own, so to speak. What's a Kaitzim? Finds thorns, v'nechal gadish, a bale of of hay, oyakama, oyasada, shalim yishalim. Then it says, hamavir es habeira. The human being is the one that lit it and is responsible here. Hamavir, he lit it up. So if, the beginning of the pasuk seems like it happened by itself. Kiseitzayesh, it decided to go by itself. Then it says, hamavir. So says the Gemara. Says Rava, kiseitzayesh, teitzim atzma, happened by itself. Shalim hamavir es habeira. It's why is the person the mavir? Because it's his force that caused it. And where do you see a riot to Rabbi from the Braisa? To explain this exact pasuk that's on the screen. This pasuk. It starts off. Basically, the Braisa is explaining Rabbi's right. It's interesting how we made it into a pasuk and a brisa, which the brisa itself is explaining this pasuk. It's a nezek that came out of his property that caused damage. It went by itself. The siyem, but the end of the pasuk, it says hamavir. That's you that did it. I'm allowed to teach you. This mamish mafurusha brisa that, like Rabbi Yechonon, that says mafurush. Don't say isha mishum amoynoi. It's your force, and that's why you're chay. Omar Rava Kashili Labayo says, Rava, you know, my, my friend, they were, when they were children, they were still friends. They're, the whole Shas, they're friends. He says, my friend Abayo, he has the good cash. According to the man that says that fire comes from your, it's the reason why you're chay on fire, the svar of the Torah is because it's your chet. It's like a bullet that comes out of your gun. It's your force that caused it. Here's a picture. Tamun is a hidden object. And says, by fire, you're part of a hidden object. Now the question is, if fire is your force, 
So obviously, if you go ahead and you do something with your hands, there's no there's no tour of of, of Tama. Where do we see a ptur? We see interesting pturim comes to regel, this, it's We see some interesting pturim, but we never find a ptur when it comes to a human being. Adam muad lailam. A person is always chayev. Shaygig mezid oynes rotzin tamunat tamun. Where do you find a heter for tamun? Here's his here's tamun. So if we have to understand, according to Rabbi where why would there be something called Taman? And how does it work? So we have to explain. So before I forget, I just want to say, there's a famous Pasuk. So I forgot, one of the Rebbe's said that there's three halachas, or three ideas that we can learn from a, an arrow and comes to Bnei Anurim, the, the children. Number one, he says, that if you're off in your chinuch a little bit, like any like when, when you shoot a missile, you're aiming it at, at, at a country, if you're off by an inch in the beginning, so by the time it gets to that country, it'll be off by 25 miles, whatever it is, right? So when it comes to, to chinuch, you have to be on, okay. Then the more you put into it, the more you pull it back, then the more you reap pay rise. And then, then he says, but if you pull too much and you do too much, then the string snaps and hits you right in the face. So you, it's also, that's also not good. Too much. So you have to, it's a delicate balance. But the more you put in, the more you put in, the more you get out. So, so again, the question is, how do we find an idea of Tomon in the Torah by fire? V'nichalei, he explains, it's a beautiful thing, he says. Here, so here's the picture. Very, very nice. We have a, a person's chater, his yard. There's a nice wall. And there's another chater on the other side. So look what happened. When he lights this fire, his chait, his arrow is limited to the wall. He shot the bullet. He shot the gun. The bullet can only go up until a certain point. So at the time that the, the arrow left his hand, there was a wall and it was limited to that wall. What happens in this case? Comes a goat, stands, let's say, on the wall, knocks down the wall. Threw in a goat, anything. The wall fell down after he lit the fire. That happens. He lit a bonfire in his backyard. He's making a barbecue. There's no reason to be any damage whatsoever. It's contained. So his chait is limited. His, there is no halacha of chait now. Now that the fire jumps the wall and the wall fell down for another reason, so it's no longer chaitz. There is no chaitz. Chaitz was limited up to here. Yeah. So uh, in American law, you say that the person is responsible for the reasonable, reasonably foreseeable consequence of his action. Reasonably foreseeable consequences of his action says our attorney, in-house attorney, Steve Kowalski. Oh, let's 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 see let's see if I get there. Hold on. One second. I might have skipped here. Hold on. Yes. So, yeah. So, the first part is, there was no chetz. That's it. His chetz was up to the wall. Now the wall fell down. He didn't know. What is it called again, Steve? 
The reasonable foreseeable consequence of his actions. Good thing I'm not a lawyer or a doctor, because especially now with my memory, I can't even remember a simple word. Can't remember your name. Okay. Yehachi asked the Gemara, great. Beautiful. Explain the nicely. There's no chetz. What does that have to do with Tamun? Yehachi linyin goli nami kolichitzav. So even if the, the, this, this object that you destroyed is out in the open, you should also say, you're not chayev because there's no arrow. The arrow was limited to the wall. This is beyond the wall, beyond your foreseeable... I already forgot what he said. Huh? Reasonable foreseeable. Kids are... But it's even more than that. Your chetz is up to this wall. It's not an invisible, it's a real wall. When you shot it, there was a wall. So that so halakhically it went up to the wall. I can't be you because a goat knocked down the wall. That's not you. That's something else. El Omar. So you have to say, he says the Gemara, unbelievable. Now this puts a, a twist like we don't, and we stay with this. According to Rabbi Yechonu says that a fire is your arrow, it's your force. When I cannot get a person for an arrow, like in this case, the arrow is out of here, it's gone. There is no more arrow past the wall. I'm going to get you for Mamainai. Now it turns into your dog. The fire is your dog. And there was a wall here, but your dog went beyond the wall. Okay, somebody knocked down the wall, and the dog damaged beyond the wall. So now I'm chayiv because of mamaynoi, because it's your property that caused damage. So what are you going to ask me? But how should he know about the wall? Oh. He had the opportunity to fix the wall, and he did it. So in terms of the chayt, it doesn't matter. Even though you have the opportunity to fix the wall, and you did it, there is no more chayt. Because arrow only goes based on the moment that you shot the arrow. At that moment, there was a wall. I'm not chayv anymore. I, it came down and I was able to put it back up. No, that's not my problem. Because at the time that I shot it, it was up until the wall. That's my chayv up until the wall. But there's a new chayv. It's called the chayv of your property. Nothing to do with your force. If you have a dog and it's in your backyard, foreseeable or not foreseeable, there was a wall. And it came down, and you were able to put the wall back up. They warned you, and they said, now you're chayiv if you didn't put up the wall. And it went into the other chatzar and damage. So Mela, even according to Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon admits to Rishlakish. So we had a machlaikis here between Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish. What is fire? Rabbi Yechon says, it's the arrow. Rishlakish says, it's your property. Now the Gemara says, Rabbi Yechon says, it's also your property. So then where's the difference between Rabbi Yechon and Rishlakish? It's like a bull. Your fire turns into like a bull. You didn't close the door in front of it, so now you're chayiv. You knew about the, the, there's a problem, your bull is about to escape. They warned you, you have a fire. You're right, when you shot the fire, there was a wall. But right now, today, there's no wall. And they warned you about it. If they didn't warn you, okay. But they warned you. So you should have gone and picked up the wall, prevented the fire from escaping. You didn't, that's your bull escaping. It doesn't matter. Shared wall. You had the opportunity to come with a extinguisher and put it out. In terms of chetz, you don't have to. You never have to. You shot a bullet at a wall. You're in a you're in a in a in a gun range. You shot a bullet and there's a wall there. So then somebody comes and takes the wall down. You're not chayiv. 
You don't have to go put up a wall because when you shot it, it was 100% mother for you to shoot. There's a wall. Somebody, some shogun came and took down the wall. That's his problem. But when it's your property, it's different than a bullet. When it's your dog, you can't say, oh, there's a wall there. So what if there's a wall? But now there is no. So make sure your property doesn't go damaged. According, as the Gemara, according to Rabbi Yechonel, that he holds both chetz and mamoin, my benayu. What's the difference? In other words, so the, the the question is more: when the fire is yours, that's the question. When the fire is not yours, so according to Shlokish, there's a big nafkamina. If the fire is not yours, you're not chayv at all. Right? That we didn't understand it so well, but that's what he says. Mushlokish says, if you go and take somebody else's fire, it has to be your property. It's not your property, not chayv. In to you are chayv. So we do have enough community. But in your fire, where's the where, where's the enough community between Rebbe and Mushlokish? So, right? According to, says the Gemara, so, Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Sheves, Boishas, but no Boishas. So, no Boishas was just throw it right away. There's no Boishas because he didn't intend to embarrass the person. It wasn't intentional. But if you hold it's your force, like your Berkin holds it's you, when you damage someone, you have to pay these four things. If it's your dog that damages someone, the only thing you have to pay is Nezek. You don't have to pay, you have to pay damages. You don't have to pay for. Medical bills and all that stuff. The the four things: the not being able to go to work and 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 the, the four the total of four things you don't have to pay when it's your property. When it's you yourself, like Rebbeinu says, you yourself, it's your force. Then you are chayv. So that would be the nafkin between Rebbeinu and Shlokish, whether or not you have to pay the four things. Weiter. I'll just say this because it's a short almond. It's it's stop. Throw it out there. I thought about it while I was learning, so I said, okay, fine. There was a king that was very good at uh, at uh, what is it called archery. So he heard that there's like a, a world class archer in his kingdom. So he said, I want to see. It. Like, let's have a little bit. Let's let's do a little out. So they brought the guy in. So the guy says, you, you go first. The king was able to hit the uh, bullseye, you know, within, the, let's say, the bullseye. He got three arrows within the bullseye. The other guy, he couldn't get into the bullseye. He got it, like, on the side. But every one of his arrows hit each other. So they said, listen, the king wins. The king is the better archer. So very good. As he was leaving the king, he whispered to the king. He says, listen, you, uh, you noticed I'm able to hit the same arrow. I could also do the same thing in the, in the bullseye. So, so why didn't you? It's not the cover. It's not cover for the king. I didn't want to up the king. I give the king. So the king was very, very excited. He says, "Okay, I'll give you kach kach. You know, whatever." Matnas melech. Had he shown the king that he's the better archer, nothing. He would have gone up. It would have maybe they would cut off his hand. Who knows what? So the side is that not always do you have to win. What? A lot of times it's better not to win. Even if you know you could win, say, not. I know my kids will make fun because I'm very competitive. So anytime I play basketball, I'm like that guy, you know, when they were three years old, they tried to swat it. And <laughs> but, okay, not always you have to win. 
Okay, so going back to this case, okay, we see it again, why not? The dog takes a, a bread, and on the bottom of the bread, there's a hot coal, as you can see, if you look closely, he drops the coal and causes a lot of damage. So the mission says, on the bread, you have to pay the full amount. That's Shen. So Gemara says, Man Chayev. Who, who's Chayev? The Balakelev. The owner of the dog. I'm mentioning dog in the Sarev Shabbos. The Dubna Magid came, came to a city and he wanted to give his drusher. So the Gabbai said, no, no, no. Over here, Doylan doesn't like Torah. He can give us jokes, mices, mishalim, but no Torah, please, no Torah. So he said, okay, I'll tell you a muscle. He says there's a guy that was supposed to go through the, the forest and they said, you can't go through the forest. There's a lot of wild, crazy dogs there. He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to say, and the dog can't touch me. It's fine. So okay. The guy comes back to Shul. He's stitches on his face and his hand bandaged. He said, what happened? He said, the dogs wouldn't let me say the Pasuk. <laughs> okay. Zogdi Gemara. al Mishal. What happened to the owner of the coal? So according to Rabbi Yochanan, on the actual Godish, how much do you pay? Half an ezer. I have to say, the Gemara is going to change its mind soon. But the Gemara understood that we're talking about two different bylum here. There's a guy that owns the Godish, a guy that owns the bread. So, The Gemara is asking, according to Rabbi Yochanan, they only pay half. The, the Balgachelas should also pay half. Why? Because his property damaged. Gachelas damaged. According to Shlokish, the guy should pay the whole thing. The whole thing you should pay. It's mamish, it's, it's property. So his mama went in and, and damaged. So says Gemara, no, he's not chayiv. B'shashim regechaltem. He took care of it. He made sure that it shouldn't happen. B'shashim regechaltem. What do you mean? He watched it. How did he watch it if a dog was able to get in there? B'shachatar. I think I have a picture here. Oh. Dog went underneath the, the fence. He dug out a hole and he went underneath. Amar Amar, if you read the Rav Kahana, Stam Dlosis Chasuris in Etzakelev. That you should know that for the most part, a dog could get underneath the fence. So if so, so shouldn't you, then you should be liable. What kind of fence do you put up? You're your owner. How do you watch your flame? A dog is able to get in and says, Tysis, no. All you, you have to do as much as normal people do to keep people out. You don't have to worry about. All these other circumstances, uh, a dog coming in, that's not your thing. i just saying, in our stroll, I had this massive bookcase. It's actually still have it in my house. Big bookcase. And it was like this far away from the wall. So I brought a bunch of my friends. Uh, it was like eight people. They were pulling and pulling. And we got, one guy got between the bookcase and the wall and pushing. And we were all, couldn't move it. And then I remembered that... Uh, the, this Gemara reminded me of this, 
that stam stam windows in Energy Stroll, even though they have metal bars, are like they're wide open. Like this, like this game. Why? Because the Arabs come with the car jacks and they put it by the by the by the bars and they just like this and opens up. So I took a car jack, I went downstairs, took my car jack, put it between the wall and my bookcase, and went like this. I was like that. The whole thing moved, no problem. Moved it a foot, seriously. I put a piece of wood on the wall, put a piece of wood on my bookcase so it didn't cause damage to the wall. Though. You see how the Gemara just reminds me of different things, random things, no shaykhs. No, seriously, I mean, my neighbor and I just stroll, beautiful uh, metal, you know, things. What it does is it keeps kids from falling out windows. But not the, the Ganavim, it's a joke, literally a joke. They come with the car jack. Okay, anyway, just thought if you have a place in Eretz you should know about it, or in America. So the Gemara, because Stam blesses Chasur, a door is nothing. It's as if it doesn't even exist. The dog in, in five minutes just goes like this to the dirt and goes right in. As we see in different places in the world, the dogs, the rats, they know how to go like this and get under the ground. It's not a problem. Guys, I'm talking about. <clears throat> so where exactly did this occur, the damage? The fire burnt some random person's bail. We learned that when it comes to Shen, it has to be in the Rishos of the Nizak. In the Rishos of the Nizak, the dog stole the bread. You're only high, right? If the dog took bread from place A, stole it from place A, brought it to place B, and ate it in place B. Chai potter. So we actually had a sugim, galgal, the whole thing. Taisa discusses it over here. And I had a big problem that sugim. Baruch Hashem, I found this Taisa all the way on Chavgim Alam Adalif. Like towards the bottom, like I would say, like eight lines from the near Lari. So basically, Taisa says over here that there's a there's a Xeris Akasov, that it's not about the taking. And I actually spoke about it then. It's not about taking the bread, it's about where you eat the bread. So certainly the bread has to be in, in the Chatzar Hanizak, where he stole the bread. So then, what? Where was this bale of hay? Also in the chutzner of the nizik. Okay, so both were there. Fine. End the story. Nusogia says Gemara Tifshoit the pipara. So it's very interesting. How do we view the inside of the mouth of the cow? Maybe as a muscle, you have the, a car. And the car is in the rishos of the nizuk. What's the inside of the car? How do you, how will we view the inside of the car? You view the inside of the mouth. Here's I have an animal that's owned by a mazik. The animal's inside the chater of the nizuk. What's the inside of the mouth? Is it the property of the mazik or the property of the nizuk? It's a big problem. Why? Because it says, and that's basically what the gemara is going to prove. It says that you have to eat. Whatever the animal eats is in the property of the one that was damaged. So if the inside of the mouth is considered the property of the damager, it's his behemoth, it's his car, it's the inside of his animal, so then you never chay it. So the Lord says, has to be, because if it is considered the property of the mazik, my boy rift of the boy. In other words, the simple meaning, the taich is, 
What is your bread doing in the mouth of my dog? Well, your dog took my bread. I didn't put it in there. Yeah. What we're saying is that it's in the wrong rushos. It's in the rushos of the mazik. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't come in there. Uh, you didn't have the dog didn't have rushos to take it. But nevertheless, the Torah says that it has to be in the rushos and and it's not. So Tysus sticks in. If you want to go with Tysus, Tysus says to explain a little bit better. What if the Kharashadir Kadam put it into the animal's mouth? The animal couldn't get it by itself, and a Kharashadir Kadam put it in there. That's what's going on here. So again, is do we consider the mouth of the animal the property of the Nizik or the property of the Mazik? You're probably thinking to yourself, well, for sure, it's that the, it's, it's Ruven's animal, so it's Ruven's mouth. But if that's the case, the animal, the owner of the animal should be potter because the Kharashadir Kadam put it in there. They're for sure not chayev. And the animal's mouth, <clears throat> excuse me, is considered the mazik. And the mazik is potter. <clears throat> sure. Turning of the daf, sponsored by Hanan Averbech, Lili Nishmas, my holy nephew, son of Robert. Lili Nishmas, the young mayor Ben, Zev David, and another sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Binyamin Mayor Ben Zev David Robert Early. The Bailu Pipara, you hear a boy say, Musser, for myself. I was in Shul and Noam Fix wrote to me, I'm here by Robert Early. I could put him on the phone. So I said, It was half like I'm in Shul, half like I'm lazy. I'll do it later. So I said, I'll do it later. So I did do it later. I called him, but he, nobody picked up. And yeah, I, I missed my opportunity. Don't miss opportunities. Because <clears throat> we have the question. What's the mouth of the nizik, of the animal? <clears throat> Marty, what do I do? It's here for like the last three years. It doesn't go away. <clears throat> I know in tease, I went to him. He says, I don't see anything. Top, one of the top guys in the world. You know any other in <laughs> You have another guy that's even better? It's better than him? Wow, well, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't see what you're saying. <laughs> And if you say, now I'm going to get, a, hopefully I'll get an email from one of the entities that's watching. What do they say? They, they like to say, it's, um, what is it called? Uh, when it comes up, like at night, um, re, re, reflex, as a reflex, yeah. We have, you should put your bed like this and this. I know all the tricks. Oh, so here the Gemara is asking the obvious question. If you say that the mouth of the animal is considered the owner of the animal's mouth, Give me a good example of how it's possible that an animal eats and he's in the property of the damaged person. The mouth is the damager. So how could you be in the property of the damaged? Oh, one of my favorite Gemaras. We'll just show it for fun. Why not? Because of my friend Mary Kenny. We'll put the we'll shut off the volume here. 
Oh, no, that didn't work. Okay. Basically, the animal's rolling around, enjoying himself on top of fruit. And it crushes, Rashi says, like like horses and, and, and chamoirim. Okay, I, I've seen this with my own eyes. Man, they, they like to roll in the zebras, like to roll around in the dirt. I've never seen a horse, but I guess this is the same kind of mishpacha. So what's going on here? So Rashi sticks in a beautiful thing. If you remember the base and base, all the way in the bottom, the Gemara brings this possum to, to teach us about Chen. So the Gemara says over here, you need this possum. Like the tooth will destroy. Atumai completely, there's nothing left. So if, so if it's rubbing its back on a wall, there's a lot of things left. All the stones, all the bricks that fell down are, are still in the world. If it's rolling around on, on, on fruit, there's still fruit around. There's a beautiful million-dollar picture on the wall, and he decided to, to scratch himself on the wall. What did he just do? He destroyed the painting. They took the fruit, and with his, the power, he was able to push it into the mud or whatever it is. Now the fruit are worthless. Tashma. So this mice, I, I mentioned it with Rob early because he was my neighbor then. I hope he doesn't remember the mice. It's not one of my mice I like to talk about. But basically, there was an anti-Semite on my block on East 8th Street on Avenue P. And she let a dog, a German Shepherd, out on my daughter. And the dog scratched my daughter's face in front of, in front of me. So I'm not going to say exactly what happened to her. She wasn't in, by the time it was over, she was in good shape. So Shaila is, is she chayv or not chayv? Because the cop said, the cop said that, what do you mean? She, she didn't do anything, the dog did it. So I said, well, I don't understand. Uh, you, you, could you tell a, a murderer that he didn't do anything, the gun did it? It's like, oh, it's different. So is there a time I got a little scared when I started learning the sugyo, but then I realized that over here the Gemara is talking about somebody else's dog. So the Gemara says like this, Tashma. She's a boy, This is mamish the story that happened. You take a dog and you bring it to somebody here. Go bite this person. It's in the Gemara. I'm not making this up. She's a boy, like this woman did. Big Rasha. She's a boy, She caused, or the person caused the dog, somebody else's dog, to bite somebody. She's a boy, You take a snake, you go like this. Potter. Guy's Potter. Sigmar Man Potter. Mishasa Potter, the guy that created the whole situation. Chayiv Balkelev, it seems like. The Gemara is going to go away from this. At least the second part. That it seems like that the owner of the dog is Chayiv. You hear this? I take your dog. I go over to somebody and say, go, bite. And he bites. So the owner of the dog is Chayev. Why? Because it's his property caused damage. The guy that did it, the Russia that did it, he's not Chayev because he didn't bite. It's not his property. What if you tell me that the inside of the mouth of the dog is considered the property of the damager? Why is your hand in my mouth, in the dog's mouth? Meaning, again, it's hard to understand. But it's it's deeper than the, the, the meaning over here. In other words, the guys, the guy that owns the dog could say, where did the damage occur? The damage occurred inside the mouth of the dog. 
inside the mouth of the dog, we said, is the chotzer of the mazik. It almost doesn't make sense, but he could have such a taina because it's with it's in my property. Yes, I get that you put your property on the guy's hand and the whole thing, but at the end of the day, in terms of this nezek, he should be part because it's not his property. It's you came into my property. Says Gemara, you trespassed. <laughs> what were you doing in my? Why was your hand in my dog's mouth? <clears throat> Which reminds me of another mice I just thought about. We, my friend and I, we went to this um, used used car sales place, and they had a Doberman Pinscher. I told my friend, don't go out of the car. The, the dog was coming over to the car. I said, don't go. He says, no, it's it's people are supposed to come here. It's just part of. So he comes out of the car, and the dog grabs his arm and latches on and wouldn't leave go. So I, I screamed to the owner. The guy comes out, and no matter what, he was pulling and yanking, smacking him in the head. At the end, he didn't have real damage. Like, didn't pierce the skin, but it was that. It was, it was really, really tough. Like, he couldn't get his hand down. He was trained. I don't know what it was. So you could say, why is, why is your friend's hand in the dog's mouth? Maestro Shah, you could go ask him. His name is David Schwab. He lives in uh, Flatbush. Ema Potter Av Mishasa. Oh, so tomorrow, you're right. Ema Potter Av Mishasa. Nobody's Chayev here. The owner of the dog is not Chayev. He's not the one that caused this whole thing. And it's not his. And the, the, if you want, you could say, halakhically, it, it happened in his property. Your hand made it into his property. Because the dog took its canines, whatever they're called, those, the long teeth. So they were outside of the mouth. Outside of the mouth is already a different resource. The person in my neighborhood, the one that wrote all those farm, is very, very close to Rebchaim. So he asked Rebchaim Kenevsky, why does he say by Adam Rishon that he tried to kill, the Nachos tried to kill Adam so he can marry Chava? It says, it's better that, that he was married, that she was married. It's much better for him. So Rebchaim Kenevsky told him, because the Nachos didn't know that Gemara, he didn't know about the Mayim, the deposit. <laughs> but it comes out that had he learned in Yeshiva the Nachos, so then he would have done it. I thought it's a natural thing. I didn't know you have to know the passing. I said, okay, I guess he's just laughing with, and making a joke. But Lu Yitzir, that he's right, that the Nachash knew the part, then we wouldn't have any, we, nobody would ever die. We wouldn't have a Chet Adam Because he would keep Adam Marishan alive. We wouldn't try to trip him up with the apple or whatever, and then he would just marry Chama. Okay, fine. You take, you take a snake, and you, you make the snake bite somebody. So this is a picture I found online. I've seen this done, you know, if you go to these zoos or whatever. They take a snake and they put the fangs of the snake on a cup and out comes poison, right? That's how they extract poison. Venom. Huh? Venom. Venom, venom. Thank you. Venom. So the question is, Where's the venom? Is the venom in the fangs? And when you push the fangs in a certain way, the snake has no choice, but the venom just comes out. Or the, the venom comes out when the snake wants it to come out. It first, it like bites you with the, and then it could, it could inject you with venom. Or sometimes it doesn't inject. It's up to the snake, sort of thing. So what's not happening? Because if I take a snake, let's say I take a dog, I take a dog, and I hold him backwards, and I whack a guy over the head with the dog. <laughs> What's that lacha? 
I'm chayev. Who cares if the I, I use the dog as a stick, as a, as a sword? So if you take a snake, and if I go like this, one thousand percent, the venom is going to come out because that's where the venom is. It's not like a bee or whatever that he has to sting you. If you just push down on the cup like they do in the zoo, the venom comes out. So I can go like this. So basically, I shot a guy. I, I took a I took a, a knife and I killed somebody. What's the difference? So if you say Eretz Nachash Ben Shinovoi met, it's right there. The guy that did it, you got to kill him. He's a, he's a murderer, so you kill him. But the actual animal that did it, Potter, you don't kill the snake. The snake had nothing to do with it. You force the venom out of the snake. The, the snake has full control, whether you want it to come out or not. So you have to kill the snake. So that answers the question that it doesn't matter if it's a shark or a snake or a dog. You kill an animal that kills another human being, provided that the animal knew what he was doing and he had intent. But the guy that put the snake, yes, he's a big rush, and I'm sure he's going to get a lot of Gehenna in a special place for him up there, the whole thing. But in terms of, is he a Reitzeach? You can't say that he's, a, what is it called, the top Reitzeach in America? Um, when he thought about it, uh, premeditated. it's not a premeditated murder, because sometimes the snake decides to admit the venom, sometimes not. But once again, we go back to this part, which needs a little bit more explanation. If you say that the, the mouth of the animal, the inside of the mouth of the animal is owned by the owner, what is your hand, your finger doing inside my snake's mouth? It's my rishos. Not that why is it doing there, but in terms of chiyov, you can't be mechaiv me. 100%. It'll be chayiv in other ways, but not... Bezin cannot kill him. It says, To kill the snake, to be Mechaiv and Misa, that's where we don't use. Oh, what is it doing in my mouth? He's a killing snake. He's a snake that just killed a human being. The Allah is done. How do you know that if a snake or any animal kills a human being and he had no choice, he's the nicest dog in the world, but somebody, a, a guy came into the house and he attacked him and killed him. How do you know you have to put the dog to death? Very interesting Allah. A ganav comes in the middle of the night into your house. A Jewish guy, let's say, comes into the night. He's a ganav. Fell in hard times. And the bull came and killed him. The dog came and killed him. So you'd say, what are you doing in my in my rishos? The, the sad Allah is, Hashar b'skilo. you have to kill the, the bull. You have to kill the dog. What about the owner? Of course, the owner is pottery. He doesn't have to pay the koifer, the, the value of the person. Why do you say that they're completely pottery? What were you doing there? Who told you to come to my house in the middle of the night? Again, not American law. Normal, common sense law. If you come into my house and there's a, a wild animal there in my house that kills you, it's your problem, not mine. So why in the world do you have to put the shard to death? It's not fair. You came into my house. My, my bull was protected. He doesn't kill people. But if you're going to go into his pen in the middle of the night, he might kill you. So why is it his fault? Why do you kill him? An animal that kills a human being, put him to death. That's it. There's a family called Beit Harbu. And the goats will come into Rabbi Yosef's property 
and eat up his vegetables and his grass and everything else. So Rav Yosef tells his famous Talmud, right? Rav Yosef is the one that lost his memory. He got sick and he forgot his Torah. And Abai used to, throughout Shas, Abai always reminds him, there's always a back and forth between Rav Yosef and Abai. So he says to, to Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef tells his Talmud, I'm giving you a project now. Go, make sure these goats don't come into my property. Why should I go? Yeah, Zilna, because if I do go, I'm really, look at the Mar, Gedeira Bara. You, reverse you should put up a fence. Says Taisvis, that's against Allah. Where are you going to do my fence? You have goats, make sure they don't come to my property. Well, why should I have to put up a fence? Says Taisvis, that Abaya didn't want to get into it. He was too lazy, so to speak. He wanted to get out of it. His Rebbe told him, we, if Rabbi Yosef told us to do something, we'd run and do. Abaya had other things to do. And he wanted to be restored. So he told the realize, listen, it's not going to work. Don't worry. I'm not going to go there. It, it doesn't make any sense. You're not going to listen. Says the Gemara, we got there. Let's say that it's the other guy's fault. It's the fault of the, of the goat owner. How's it possible that there ever a goat in somebody else's property? You have to make sure your goat is in a cage. Says because the goat got out. It dug underneath the gate. The Fence fell down. Okay, so the oynus in the terms of the owner of the goat it went out, and then this shen and b'shusan is. Says Gemara, Machrez Rav Yosef is same Rabbo. Rav Yosef would announce, some say it was Rabbo. The Salkin Leilo. If you're coming from Babel to Eretz you're going upwards to Eretz Yisrael and Chod. With the Nachtin letachta, and those who are going from Eretz Yisrael making a yerida. Honey, is it the shuka of people going to write to me? Oh, you made the Unachtin, you made a yerida now. Chasom, going back. Honey, easy the shuka the mafsidei. These okay. So Rashi explains that since people used to eat the meat as soon as as close as possible to the shechita, right? Otherwise, that all will get ruined. There's no freezer. There's no whatever. So they would keep them over there by the marketplace until market day came, and then they would check. But these goats are causing trouble now. The mafsidei, even if they were mafsid in Rosh Hashanah, let's say, were they allowed to? We tell the owner two, three times. If he listens, he makes sure they don't cause damage. Great. We lie. If the troublemakers, so we say, we're going to shech them right now, earlier than the market day, and take whatever you, you're going to take a little bit of a loss. That's because these animals are ready, ready to be shechted. A regular animal, that's not the halacha. My animal causes damage, you can't shech it. I want my animal. I want my animal. But he's going to be shechted anyways. When? On Thursday. Right now is Sunday. Sunday's not a great day to shechted because we'll barely have any, any customers. No. So you take the loss. Says the Mishnah. Why did it say two or three? It doesn't have to be three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anytime the Gemara says that kind of loss, the Gemara asks, right? 40, 50. If it's 50, so you why 40? Yeah. Says the Gemara. Says the Mishnah. Sponsored by Moshe Cohen, Lasochem Parnosa, and in Torah. In other words, how does, believe it or not, many of you might have not known this, a muad, a shar, an animal that did the same damage three, three times becomes a muad. Do, do you know he could do tshuva? He could do tshuva. Like a human being can do tshuva. And he goes backwards, becomes a tam. How do you do, how does an animal do tshuva? Like a person. Take some anger management classes, and we, we provoke him, and we see if he doesn't do it. Great. How many times? How does it work? 
the famous Maram Rottenberg. I, I mentioned in the beginning of the Masechah, we're not going to go over it now, but perhaps we can learn from this halacha about Masha Baruch and Geshem. If you say 90 times, you have to say 90 times in one day, three days. He bases it on this mission. He tries to bring it right from this mission. It has to be three separate days to be a muad. If an if a ox kills three animals in one day, that's not enough. It has to be three animals over th- a period of three days. Vitam and had he become about truva, he sees an ox and he doesn't, he doesn't gore him. He doesn't do it three times. It could even be in one day, three times in one day, one machlaikis. Even when kids poke him and bother him, you know, people that have normal dogs, normal dogs, not like uh, my anical Allah Shalom. <laughs> but if you have a dog that's trained, so a kid will go over to poke it in the eye and it won't do anything. That's a, a normal dog. So this kind of bull, kid goes, pokes it, even though it already killed three animals, now it's calm. So once we see that it's calm, it's going to be calm for other animals. Different Nidainim here, we're talking about animals, children. Okay, but the idea is that he did tshuva, you see that he he went for the anger management, and now he reverts back to being a tam. That if he does do damage, he's only Chayav Chatzinezek. Rabbi Yisai, have a wonderful day. Gevaldika Shabbos. Good week if you're in Eretz Yisrael. Motzi Shabbos, 8.30, Be'ez Hashem. Oh, we got to say Tehillim. We'll say together, Bechavono, Shir Hamalo, Ismimamakim, Kursicho Adunoi, Adunoi, Shemobi Koyilit, Yenoz Nechukashuvois, Lechoyit Adunoi, Imabinois, Tishmorio, Adunoi, Miyamoi, Ashtab and love is man korib, and I'm a man. Yishkoyach, Yishkoyach to Mark Ashkenazi.